Epcot Center celebrates human achievements and innovation born from imagination. Look, Mom, I'm flying! Why don't you try it? The torque and transmission load data are looking good. Great, let's proceed to the rough road tests. You got it. <laughs> you fellas could use a good laugh. Let's go down to my laughing place. W-D-W-Radio. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 121 for the week of May 31st, 2009. Thank you for tuning in once again. We are going to begin with some news and rumors from Walt Disney World, including the addition of the new audio-animatronic president in the Magic Kingdom and a rumored new interactive animatronic figure over in Disney's Hollywood Studios. Next, I'll sit down once again with Disney's first and only Chief Magic Official, Justin Michoni. We're going to look back at his role as CMO, some of his most memorable moments and experiences, how his life has changed, and so much more. I'll play some more of your voicemails at the end of the show, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. We'll start off this week's news in the Magic Kingdom, where the Hall of Presidents is set to reopen on schedule on July 4th, as work on the interior and exterior is proceeding as planned. Of course, the biggest change is the addition of an audio-animatronics version of President Barack Obama, who will join representatives of the previous 43 presidents of the United States. Imagineers have programmed the president's likeness in preparation for the relaunch of the attraction, and the president, like Presidents Bush and Clinton before him, will record his own voice for the attraction. I'd expect a grand opening event to take place on or about the 4th of July and hope to be there around that weekend to get a first glimpse at the new figure and updated building. Over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Up opened this weekend to big audiences and even bigger rave reviews from fans. And don't forget that the three main characters from the new Disney Pixar film appear at a daily meet and greet inside the Magic of Disney Animation attraction every day and you can find pictures of the life-size characters on the site at wdwradio.com. I'll link to those directly from the show notes. Speaking of characters, here's a rumored new character appearance coming to Disney's Hollywood Studios, and it might not be who or what you're thinking. I noticed on my visit last week that construction walls were added to the lighting building area of Pixar Place across from Toy Story Mania, and the rumor is that it will be the home of a new audio-animatronics figure. And no, it's not from Toy Story per se, but remember, you're on Pixar Place. So the new interactive character is rumored to be Luxo Jr. He, or it, was the name of the first short produced in 1986 by Pixar Animation Studios that featured the small hopping desk lamp that's now part of Pixar's corporate logo. It's believed that this new character will debut over the next few weeks. We'll definitely keep an eye out for him, but if you see him first, please let us know. Feel free to share and send over your photos or videos of Luxo Jr. Over at the resorts, one of Walt Disney World's more popular restaurants may be getting a bit bigger 
as Disney's Beach Club Resort may be expanding the seating area and thus guest capacity at the very popular Cape May Cafe. It's believed that the Riptide Lounge's closing is going to mean that this area is going to be absorbed into the adjacent seating area for the Cape May Cafe. Again, Cape May Cafe being home to one of the more popular character breakfasts on property, as well as the Friday Night Clambake. This past week, I had a chance to get a sneak peek at the three new Disney Vacation Club resorts on property and tour the newly opened Kidani Village at Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge, the Treehouse Villas at Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort, and Bay Lake Towers at Disney's Contemporary Resort. Each one was unique and spectacular in their own right, and simply trying to describe them wouldn't do any of them justice. So what I've done is create a video tour of the three properties, which is going to be available on the WDW Radio website, as well as in iTunes. So if you subscribe to the show via iTunes, it will automatically download to your computer, as well as on YouTube. I'm going to link directly to it in this week's show notes, which are available at WDWRadio.com on the homepage under latest podcasts or under the podcast tab at the top. Going beyond the parks and resorts, ESPN has announced that they're going to be building a new ESPN Innovation Lab facility at Disney's Wide World of Sports Complex. Here, the sports giant is going to test new applications such as virtual graphics during events staged at some of Disney's sports venues. So similar to things like the strike zone graphics which are used during baseball games, other overlays, etc. While not an attraction per se, this is going to be, like I said, a real research facility although it is expected that there will be some large windows for guests to see what is actually going on inside. Finally, in downtown Disney, the new restaurant Paradiso 37 seems to be near completion, as I was able to wander by last week and see the new signage as well as outdoor seating installed. It is expected that this new dining experience will open over the next couple of weeks in early June. That's going to do it for a relatively quiet week in the news and rumor mill this week. So if you have any news that you want to share, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or to discuss any news or rumors, visit the forums over at wdwradio.com. I'm, I'm also I'm not sure it's, it's sunk in yet. It's, it's just been absolutely in, an incredible thing to, to be able to share with my family and my friends and, and Disney fans all over the world. I've been a, a Disney fan my entire life. To know that I'm representing other people's dreams and their passions um, is, is a huge honor. I was floored. I couldn't believe that this was, was really actually happening. I still get, as corny as it sounds, I still get chills. Every, every morning when I'm on the job and I wake up and I get dressed and I put on the shirt and the name tag and you know, look in the mirror before I walk out the door to make sure I, I fit the Disney look for the day, um, man, I, I can't help but smile. It's, it's still a dream come true. It's just, it's a really surreal experience, I guess. I know that I'm, when, I, when I go out in this position, the really neat thing about this job is it's not about me. It's about all of the dreams that I'll get the chance to see come true. And the really cool thing there is we can take other people's dreams you know, with us and we can hopefully inspire the people that we know and the people we interact with to keep those dreams going. A little more than a year ago, Disney joined forces with CareerBuilder.com to launch one of the most unique 
interesting, and fun campaigns in its history. It afforded one of us, a Disney enthusiast, the opportunity of a lifetime to win a position in the company unlike any other, where the only requirements were that you had to help make fun and magic for guests and cast of the Disney theme parks. Sounds like a dream job, doesn't it? Well, for one person, it was. Because for Justin Michoni, the dream came true as he was selected from thousands of entrants and was given the position of part ambassador, part ultimate dream squad member, and true maker of magic for one full year. Well, today, I am happy to have returned to the show one of the greatest people you might ever want to meet, Disney's first and only, only chief magic official, a man that I am proud of and happy to call my friend. To know him is to love him. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Justin, I'll always be CMO Machoni. Oh, oh my goodness, Lou. Will you, uh, will you write that down as an epitaph or a tombstone or say that at a funeral? Because that's about the nicest introduction I've ever heard. So thank you way over the top but thank you i really appreciate it it's great to be back it's great you know and i try and improve on the intros for you i try and build i'm trying to build because i don't know if you can come back ever again because i don't think i can top that one (laughs) okay i will keep that in mind so for justin's last appearance on the show (laughs) um but yeah i wanted to have you come back because just i mean i can't i can't believe it It's, it's been a year already and you know unfortunately your your tenure as as cmo is technically over. Yeah, technically the uh, the twelve month dream job position has uh, has wrapped up. Um, I still have lots of work that I will be doing. Um, the website dreamcmo.com dot com that uh, that I've been woefully behind in updating. I still we're going to be able to keep that open for several more months so that I can get the rest of my pictures and updates and stories you know posted online for people to still check out. So I'm still obviously connected. With, with the CMO position and, and will be hopefully for life. But, um, yeah, it's still amazing to me to think that, that all of that happened over a year ago. And uh, to, to look back over the last 12, 13 months and, and recall what all I've seen and been a part of is just amazing to me. You know, I think back to when this was all going on and I produced my woefully inadequate video compared to yours, and it seems... In some respects, like it was yesterday, it seems, and others, like it was ages ago. Like, for you, did this year kind of fly by, or was it like one of those very slow-motion dream sequences? Oddly enough, it had elements of both, if that makes any sense. Like, right now, you know, in this moment, looking back on it, it feels like it just flew by. Like, I can hardly even remember the specific details because of how quickly things went by. But in each moment, you know, with each trip, with each experience, in between the experiences when I was trying to write about them or tell people about them or talk about them, um, there were lots of, in my head, imagined gorgeous montages with sweeping music underneath and, like, dramatic moments and, you know, all sorts of suspense and, and all, you know, adventure and whatnot. So there are lots of moments from the year that, um, that did go by. Uh, you know, incredibly quickly. But then there were there are still those kinds of things that I look at, and and really are those classic 
old-school movie dream sequence kind of moments where you look back and you say, well, that was, that was me. I, I'm the guy in that, in that scenario. That's incredible. So a little bit of both, a little bit of both. Right now I'm regretting that the year went so quickly, but as time passes, I'm sure that I will uh, focus more on all of the uh, rich details I can remember. So I was going to say, it's got to be somewhat difficult to, to kind of encapsulate the whole year for you because there was so much going on because there were so many incredible memories that you probably can't recall them all. I mean, I guess, you know, you probably couldn't even describe succinctly what this year was like for you. Yeah. And that makes your job hard as the interviewer, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) That I cannot be succinct in this moment. (laughs) Um, No, it's, it's impossible just because of the, the incredible breadth of, of the opportunities that they gave me, the number of different things I experienced to try to wrap that up into one neat sentence or paragraph is, is really physically impossible. Um, it was the absolute dream job for me, for, for me and for so many uh, you know, of your listeners, so many of the people out there who love the parks and love the company and love the movies the way that we do. It really was a true dream opportunity. Everything I wanted to see and experience, as well as a whole lot of stuff that I never even imagined I'd be able to see or experience you know, came, came true for me. And through that, I got to see so many other people's dreams come true. I got to be a part of putting those, those smiles onto other people's faces. And the fact that they even allowed me to interact with the guests and to be a part of so many vacations and so many memories and so many experience for the, you know, experiences for the guests, that's still humbling to me to know that, um, that, you know, that they gave me those sorts of chances. So wrapping it up into one or two, you know, succinct sentences is probably impossible. But the bottom line is that it truly was magical. And and that's how I tried to sort of think about it from your perspective, because there were things that you were able to experience. And then there were sort of elements as part of that. And, And one of which was something you probably could never have anticipated, which was meeting so many amazing people. And I don't, I don't mean just from the Lassiters and the Igers and the celebrities, but the Dream Squad members and the cast members, both on stage and backstage, and obviously countless, countless guests that you got a chance to talk to and interact with it and make magic for all year long. You're absolutely right. I mean, I'll, of course I'll never forget, you know, the day that I got to, to hang out with John Lassiter. You know, that will always be. Or, or touring the archives with Dave Smith. You know, those are the kinds of things that, sure, they'll stick with me. But... Honestly, the most profound experiences that I had, the strongest memories that I have, are of the people that I, that I met. The, the cast members, Lou, you know this because of how many times you've been there. They're incredible. They're absolutely incredible. The way they approach every day, the way that they solve problems, think on their feet, keep that smile on their faces, and, and go above and beyond to, to make the guest experience that much better. It's, it's awe-inspiring to be around and to talk to them and to hear their stories and to, to brighten their days and, and to just say thank you kind of on behalf of all of us for what they do is awesome. It's, it's, a, it's an incredible experience. Um, and then those, those guests, man, the people who, who save up that money to, to take those dream vacations to Disney World, to be even the tiniest little part of an experience that you know they're going to remember for their lifetime, what a, what a humbling opportunity that is. Um, so those are the, the most vivid memories that I have, the, the faces that come to mind when I start to, you know, reminisce about my experience. 
are really those kinds of people, the, the, the guests and the cast members that I got the chance to meet and keep in touch with. And a lot of them I'm, I'm friends with, and, and we email and we talk, and, and I'm going to stay in touch with them for uh, as long as possible because they're, they're a huge part you know, of my life story now. Yeah, and I've had a chance, I've had the opportunity to sort of watch you um, in the parks and watch what you're doing, and it's amazing, and this is really a testament to you, how you form this instant bond, an instant connection with people, whether they are cast members, whether they're guests, and I could tell that you were in the process of forming what would end up being long-lasting friendships and relationships. This wasn't just a job for you, this was really a great opportunity to connect in a very personal way with people on so many different levels in so many different ways. And that's, um, not to like tote the company line here, but that's, that's part of what makes Disney different, makes it special. When you go to Disney, you are having transformational kinds of experiences. It's, a, it's an immersive experience. It's a memory that will last with you. You are forming relationships with your favorite attraction or with your favorite character, hopefully with your favorite cast member, but you're, you're connecting in a deeply emotional and significant way to something that's so much more than just riding a ride. Um, and, and to be even a small part of that, again, is just an incredible opportunity. And I guess as I'm, as I'm also looking at what's, you know, what's next for me, where, where I'm going to go with this in my life, one of the biggest lessons, I guess, that Disney has taught me that I'm being able to walk away from this with is the fact that I can do that, that relationship building, that bonding with people in, in significant and important ways. I can do that every day of my life with everyone that I meet. It doesn't have to just be in the parks. And so it can really, this is really helping me rethink the way that I live, the way that I interact with people, and the way that I try to make each encounter I have with everybody from the woman at the drive-thru to Chick-fil-A to, to you know, my closest friends at home, um, you know, that I can try to make each one of those interactions something magical, something significant for, for everybody involved. And that, that I'll be thanking Disney for for a very long time. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, your life is probably so very different than it was a little more than a year ago when your friends were egging you on to submit a very unique, a very uh, fun video. You know, how has it changed or how has it changed you as a person? Because I've got to believe in probably ways that you never could have imagined when you're saying, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll put a video together and, and, and try out for the CMO job. You, you submitted a video as well, so you understand that you, your head is probably in a similar place to mine. When you turned it in, uh, or at least when I submitted mine, I thought there's just no chance. I, I know and respect the, the talent level uh, and, the, and the passion level of all of these, you know, Disney fans and guests out there that, that, that out of the thousands of some odd entries that are going to come in, there's just no way. And I kept convincing myself as the process went along, there's just no way. And it was actually, we were in the hotel room the night before the announcement in the parks last April. We were down to three finalists and we were there for the kind of friendly competitions. And only there, right before I fell asleep, did I finally look at my wife and say, hang on a second. Like, there's a legitimate chance that, that I could win this. Like, I guess there's a one out of three. Like, it, it took that long for me to realize that this might actually happen. So I spent a good period of time in denial, um, and I didn't grasp then um, how profoundly this would affect the way that I see the world, the way that I interact with people, you know, both here in Pennsylvania as well as around the country, you know, on behalf of Disney. But it has deeply, no question, changed my belief in 
not to sound self-centered about it, but my belief in myself, my own confidence, I guess you could say, in situations. You know, when a company like Disney says, you have something to offer and we're going to put you out there on stage in front of our guests and, and let you be you, you know, you, you feel good about yourself. That's, it's okay to feel good about yourself when, when Disney is saying, we believe in you. Um, and to meet so many people and to know that I was able to help brighten the days of so many people. When your focus, Lou, you know this because of all of the things that you're involved in, you know, with, with the Dream Team and everything, when your focus is on making life better for somebody else, no matter what you do, you're going to feel good about it. It's going to change you, probably even more than the person you set out to help. Um, and so the kinds of experiences that I've had have really impacted me in that way. I still can't get used to the fact that, that when I'm in the parks, um, there are people who will recognize me. There are cast members that I, that I know, that there are you know, lots of people who will send me emails or send me notes or tell me their favorite Disney stories, and I'm still getting emails and, and interactions from, from guests from around the world who just want to share in the magic. And that is just, it, I can't explain how much that brightens my day. When I, when I get you know, an email or a note or, or a phone message from somebody who I interacted with or somebody who read about the story and said, you know, I just want to tell you that, that I love what you're doing and, and I think that it's the greatest thing in the world. You can't help but walk through your day a little lighter on your feet whistling a happy tune when, uh, when that kind of stuff is going on. Well, I think, too, part of the brilliance of the campaign, and, and again, a testament to you was the fact that we were able to follow along with you this year because you kept us connected to not only what you were doing, but you and the experiences in a very personal way through the blogs and the videos and, and coming on the show, you formed a very different, very unique type of connection to the parks through you. And I think that's why people feel that way about you. And honestly, you know, I've said this before and I, while I wouldn't try and speak for other people, I've had this conversation around you and when, when we've seen you, you, this position was created for you. You were sort of the perfect fit. And I think that's why um, people sort of feel that way when they see you or when they read about you or, or want to meet you. Because you're a rock star, buddy. Face it. <laughs> I'm so not a rock star, but I really, I do, I do appreciate that. And it's, it's a testament really to the folks at Disney and, and the people who helped to pull all of this together, that they created a position that was specific enough in its design that people who were applying could try to shape their, you know, their application videos, but also still open-ended enough that it could be tailored to, to the individual, that they could steer the specific opportunities towards that person's interests or their gifts or their talents. Um, so, you know, they, they certainly knew what they were doing when they pulled this together. And then the fact that, um, you know, I was just lucky enough to be able to get into those situations and, and jump in feet first, just, just, you know, dive right in and say, all right, let's, let's see what I can get into today, uh, was really incredible. But when you talked about um, people connecting uh, personally uh, with me, that was one of the greatest opportunities for me because I believe that the Disney experience um, is a personal experience. It's, a, it's an emotional experience. I know that sounds really odd for a lot of people who may just think of it as a theme park. Um, but it's not. that The way that you feel about walking underneath the train station and stepping out onto Main Street and seeing Cinderella's Castle for the first time, 
you know, the way that you recollect the first time you saw Fantasmic or Illuminations or Epcot, those feelings, those are emotional responses. And, and those are always better when you can share them with somebody that you know gets it, somebody that you know feels the same way you do. And so to be able to meet people and say, no, it's okay if Illuminations makes you cry because it makes me cry and we're in this together and we're right and it's awesome. You know, to be able to do that for people and to be like that for people and just to validate the feelings that a Disney experience, you know, conjures up deep in your gut, um, that's a, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty neat thing. And that's something that you do for the people who listen to your show. You know, you draw them together into that sense of community, that sense of belonging to something. And for me to be even a small part of that, again, is um, something that I just am so grateful to have had the chance to do. And I agree with you. And like I said, you sort of represent us as enthusiasts in what you did. So so let's go back for a second, you know, because we were talking about some of the people that you met. And, and again, you threw around the Lasseter Iger name, which nobody was jealous about, I, I assure you. <laughs> but, okay, so was there, was there that, that one person that you just saw or found out you were going to meet and went up to and you just kind of stammered like like Ralph Cramden when you saw him or be be honest it's okay who was that one person that you were like oh I cannot I'm without speech wow okay um well the uh <laughs> if my wife was not going to listen to the show I would have said Carrie Underwood <laughs> um, that's okay there's the real answer and then there's the wife answer that's fine <laughs> no um Honestly, um, because it was very early in my tenure, it was my second official trip. It was in June of, of 2008. And I just happened to be standing at Disney's California Adventure watching the Pixar Play Parade when I was made. I was helping to host some media who were there. I was making sure that they were getting the shots that they needed, that everyone was was comfortable with uh, with what they were doing. And um, my tour guide that was with me, my, my host from Guest Relations, I'd like to introduce you to somebody and it just happened like I didn't have warning I couldn't prepare myself I couldn't you know run into the bathroom make sure my hair wasn't messed up from having just ridden you know a ride or something like that and I just had to stick my hand out and and shake his hand and try to maintain a conversation um this being John Lasseter um with the incredible admiration and respect I have for him for his personal story for the journey that he took from sweeping the streets during the summers at Disneyland to to Pixar, and now to his role with Imagineering and everything, um, that was probably the closest I came to being at a loss for words. But as you know from having talked to me several times, I'll always find something to say. <laughs> um, so that was the closest I really came to just like stumbling over myself because um, for me, in terms of the incredible creativity and vision and and cutting edge technology and and design elements um, as well as the incredible rich detailed storytelling and characters and everything that that I most closely bond with with the Disney experience John Lasseter represents so much of that that to be just standing there on the side of the street having a conversation with him um, certainly ranks as one of my most nerve-wracking experiences see but now because you're so far removed from it you can eloquently talk about you know the experience and the character but when you first meet him how do you not sound like an idiot uh, hey big fan love your work you know what do you what do you say when well, you first shake the man's hand 
No, it's a great question because you know that you run, what's running through your head is like, I don't want to say the same thing everybody else says. You know, like, I don't want to be like, all right, yeah, another, I've heard that before. He, he could not possibly have been more friendly or more approachable. He was there with his family, so I didn't want to take much time from him. So I just, I just shook his hand and, and, and I said, I said, oh, it's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. And fortunately, I was wearing my name tag and my CMO uh, shirt. And so he looked down and he said, CMO, that sounds neat. And, and that kind of just gave me a chance to tell a little bit of my story and, and for John Lasseter to then look at me and say, i got to be honest with you, your first job with the company is much better than mine was. <laughs> and I was like, now that's great. I just, I just, in some tiny little way, you know, I just bonded with him and he made it so, um, so comfortable. He's so approachable and so gracious and, and, and really sincerely friendly that um, I, I got past the nerves pretty quickly. I can imagine. So, all right. So now, Justin, guy to guy, mano a mano, geek to geek, you got to see a lot of amazing things, I'm sure. Let's not even go to the archives. But what is that one all-time, just coolest, geeky thing that you saw during your experience? One. One. Pick one. one. That one thing. Lou, you're killing me. I can't pick just one. <laughs> do what um, I do. Do what I do. Say one and then give like 15 honorable mentions behind that. <laughs> okay, there you go. There you go. Um, the one, from a geek-to-geek geek perspective, um, in June out in Disneyland, when I was or out in California, um, I spent uh, three or four hours at WDI, at Walt Disney Imagineering. Um, I hooked up with a, an Adventures by Disney tour that does the, like, scratch-the-surface of the publicly available areas of Imagineering. And then I got to go with a couple of Imagineers and go much deeper and go into places and see things and see models and pictures and concept art and ideas that are floating out there for who knows when. I got to meet Lucky the dinosaur, the free roaming audio animatronic. Um, you know, and I got to see so much of the history as well as the future of the parks. Uh, live in person with the Imagineers in, you know, in the WDI facilities. And from a pure Disney geek perspective, that's probably got a rank at the top of the list. Is that a fair enough first answer? You know, I'm conflicted because <laughs> on one hand, I, I love you to death. And on others, I want to, I am so very jealous of what, of what you probably got it, got to see. And, I, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So well, you, the, you had the, me at, you had me at WDI. <laughs> the uh, the honorable mentions, which which would be numerous, um, uh, you know, even something as simple as and this again, hopefully this will put a smile on some people's faces out there listening. The first time that I walked into the Utilidors, you know, walked down into the tunnels and said, I- "I'm underneath the Magic Kingdom right now. I'm physically, you know, standing underneath the Magic Kingdom, and I'm in this entirely separate world." And and to think back to. Walt and the Imagineers who, who designed this, who, who looked at the, the concerns they had with cast members moving around the parks in Disneyland and came up with this as a solution to solve that problem, just fascinated me. I had to stand there for a minute and realize they built an entire theme park, a story above the ground level so that they could, you know, find a way around a, a problem. And that sort of creative thinking, problem solving, you know, always humbles me. So walking through through the Utilidors, um, I took a behind-the-scenes tour of one of my favorite attractions, which is a very long list, but uh, uh, the Haunted Mansion. 
got to go inside the Haunted Mansion. I got to see a lot of the special effects. I got to really deepen my appreciation for how brilliant that attraction is, considering how long it's been around and how incredibly effective all of those effects still are today. Um, in Disneyland, I got the chance to watch their evening fireworks display last June from a rooftop along Main Street um, with one of the pyrotechnicians who was setting off the fireworks and with the <laughs> gentleman from the fire department sending up the weather balloons to make sure that the wind hadn't shifted. And I got to see some of what goes into those just mind-blowing Disney fireworks spectaculars from a rooftop on Main Street with a completely unobstructed view and, and seeing it all unfold. So there were so many experiences that it would be impossible to list them all, but that's a quick snapshot. Yeah, that whole jealousy thing is starting to outweigh <laughs> the love part. <laughs> I will stop talking. All right, so in addition to those things that you got to see and things that you got to touch and, and some of the people that you met, and again, beyond the famous names and the celebrities and things like that, I think probably, and if, if I know you well enough, as I think I hope I do, it probably is so much more, so much less about that than it is about the personal interactions and the personal experiences with cast members or guests. And again, I'm, I'm, it's like, I know I'm asking you to pick your favorite child, but for all the incredible memories that you have of your own and you helped create for others, is there sort of that one ultimate take it with you forever experience, something that you did or that, that family that you made laugh or, or cry that was just so incredibly memorable that that's the one that sticks out for you? Um, there are, that's, you know, that's another area where I could, I could list a bunch of them because there are so many vivid memories. The very first, uh, the very first responsibility that I had, um, way back in May on my first job was when Toy Story Mania opened and I got to pick two families to be the very first to ride Toy Story Mania. I got to ride it with them. I got to be a part of that experience. And those families, because they were the first, you know, would certainly always jump uh, into mind. Um, back in August, I had the chance to give the tour, be, be a part of the, the tour of the Cinderella Castle suite for the family that won the night's stay. I got to meet them. I got to take them up into the suite. I got to show them around. I got to be there as they were introduced to everything that they were going to be experiencing that night. I got to take some pictures with them. And it was just an incredible family. It was a single mom with two little kids. And it was just one of those things where you knew that this one night in the castle was going to change their lives. And that that stays with you. But probably the, the strongest one for me is the Ford family from North Carolina. Um, I met them in August at Cirque du Soleil. I had the chance to, um, to go to Cirque du Soleil. Uh, we'd arranged to have some front row seats reserved. And Balto, the one clown who <laughs> does a lot of the, the comedic routines there in La Nuga, if you've ever seen it, um, he, he, met, he met up with me in the, ticket, uh, the ticketing office. And we, off the computer screen, we picked four random seats that, you know, in the very back of the room that had, had already been filled that we knew were there. And about five or ten minutes before the show was supposed to start, we walked up into the audience, walked through the crowd with Balto clowning around doing what he does. Um, and I plopped down in the seat next to this randomly selected family, and I said, hey, on behalf of Disney and the Chief Magic Official and Cirque du Soleil and Balto here, while he's having fun with all of the people sitting around us, um, we'd love to just randomly 
totally freely offer you an opportunity to just move down front, sit down in the very front row and experience this in a totally different way. Um, they didn't quite know what to say or how to expect that. And I said, there's a catch. There's a catch. If you look at my hand, you'll see that there are five tickets here and you are a family of four. So if you accept this offer, you have to accept the fact that I'm going to sit with you. <laughs> and I've never seen La Nuba at, you know, at that point in time. Uh, and I said, and I want to see it and, and we want to experience this together. So what do you think? Will you sit with me? Will you move down front with me? Will you let Balto show us the way? They were thrilled. It was a mom and a dad and, uh, and two boys. Um, from North Carolina. The dad is a firefighter for a living. The mom is a, is a stay-at-home mom raising these two incredible kids. Um, you know, Disney vacations are not the kinds of things that they do every year, or certainly not, you know, a couple times a year. They, they, they save up for these and spread them out um, so that, that it can be a really magical experience when they can go, you know, when they can, when they can afford to make that trip. Um, this is the first night of their vacation. We, we walked down front, Balto goofed off with the kids, had some fun with the audience, you know, a spotlight followed us the whole way down, and it was, a, it was a real kind of rock star moment for the family. And then Balto went off to do, his, uh, to do his thing and to be in the show. I sat there, I got to meet them, I got to hear their stories. Um, I got to sit next to a man who runs into burning buildings when everyone else who has, you know, a head on their shoulders is running out of them. In, in order to save people's lives. And, and I got to sit there and know that for a couple of hours, I was, I was a part of something that was really special for his family. Because the, the family was so great, and because Disney was wonderful about giving me some freedom in the position, um, after the show was over, you know, I, I talked to them. They didn't have any plans for the night. They were going to head back to the resort eventually, but they had never been to downtown Disney. So we walked out of... La Nuba, we started to walk through downtown Disney, through the west side. We stopped at the Candy Cauldron, and I bought the kids some chocolate, and then we walked. We just strolled. We talked. We shared stories. We gave advice for, you know, what, you know, what attractions they absolutely can't miss. We ate ridiculously delicious candy from the Candy Cauldron and spent another couple of hours just talking, and we, we took a picture together, and we've kept in touch since then, and if I had to wrap up, I know it was a very long answer, but if I had to try to wrap up what being the chief magic official meant to me in one story or one encounter, it would probably be that family. And you don't have to respond, but that story and that answer is the reason why I say, and I know people agree with me, that you were the right person for this job. So... Thank you. So, all right. Unfortunately, all good things must come to an end. And, you know, what was it like for you as 2008 turns into 2009 and you see the end sort of approaching? And and April was probably, you know, very much on its way very quickly. Yeah, I knew, uh, you know, obviously I was aware of the fact that the actual position would be a finite thing, despite any wishful thinking that may exist about, oh, gee, maybe they'll just let this go on for the rest of my life. You know, um, I knew that it was going to come to an end at some point. But the great thing about the the way that, that I was able to connect with people and build relationships and make friends on the cast and, and amongst the guests that I interacted with um, is that my Disney story was by no means drawing to an end. And I still don't believe that my, maybe maybe the CMO chapter might have begun to wrap up. But um, my experience with Disney, my, uh, my role 
within the company, not, not in a, an official capacity, but just who I am and, and who Disney is for me was by no means coming to an end. And so I tried to just focus on the fact that I'd made so many friends and connected with so many people that this was a lifetime thing. Whether they'd wanted it or not, they're stuck with me. <laughs> you know, they're going to have me uh, a part of their family for, uh, you know, for a very long time. It was bittersweet by, you know, obviously. Um, I had to focus on the positive and say, I, I can't possibly be sad or disappointed at this because look what I've done. Look what I've seen. Look who I've met. Look what I've been able to be a part of. There's just no way that you can feel bad about that when you're looking at those experiences. So I just took the opportunity to, to go to Chicago in January um, to meet some of the folks at the DVC Doorway to Dream store and do some work with CareerBuilder.com out there in their offices. And then in February for the American Idol Experience opening. And then I was down in March for uh, a passholder experience uh, around the Muppets, and I got to meet Gonzo and Dave Goles and Craig Shemin and a bunch of people who, who, uh, big big soft spot in my hearts for you know for the for the Muppets specifically for Gonzo. So that was incredible. And then even my last trip in April, I just took each one as a chance to to make some more memories and to just take as many pictures as I could take and just make sure that um, I, I was I was taking every moment that I could and making the best of it. Well, I actually had a chance to see you on your last trip. Actually, on your last day, technically, as official CMO, we actually got a chance to watch Fantasmic with you. That's my claim to fame, as I saw Fantasmic <laughs> with Justin on his last day. And forgive me if I'm if I'm all sort of, you know, reading into it too much, but you almost had a look on your face of of accomplishment, of pride. Like, looking, you're almost sort of reflecting back and like, you know what? This was an amazing, amazing year. And it's, like you said... The technical CMO position may be over, but I'm not. I'm not done doing what I'm doing. It's um, that's a very good way of putting it. And I, I know I'm keenly aware of the fact that that this experience happened to me. You know, I, it's not like I had anything to do with actually landing in this position. It, it was it was fate. It was luck. It was whatever you want to call it. But I was the one that was blessed enough to be able to to embrace this position. And looking back on it, you know, as I've said already, it, it, there's no question that it changed my life. And, and I was, I, you know, in that moment, I was sitting there next to you and our new friend Andy and just hanging out and, and, and watching Fantasmic, which is a great way to wrap up a year like this because of the, the magic that that show has. Um, I said to myself in my own little movie narrator voice in my head, um, well done. Not me personally, but Disney and all of the cast members that I met and everybody I interacted with, they did a great job. They pulled together something that's just huge in scale, that probably was even bigger than any of us had anticipated going into it. Um, and I know because of the people I met and how they impacted my life, I am different now than I was 12 months ago. I see the world in a different way. And what's possible for me in the future uh, is is limitless. Um, the the doors that may be open to me, or the things that I feel like life can be for me, is so much different than uh, than what it had been even just a mere twelve months earlier. And so I, I really I've been kind of focusing on that as I've reminisced back over it is the fact that um, I am a different person today, and I'm hoping in some small way a few of the people, even a few of the people that I may have interacted with, were changed in some way as well. As a very, very small, quick aside, the fact that you remembered Andy's name 
a year after meeting countless, countless people, I think speaks volumes. And, you know, people have been sort of standing at the ready with their video cameras waiting for the announcement. You know, we're going to start taking applications for the new CMO. And it didn't come because there is no new CMO this year. And I think, purely speculating, I think that Disney realized that if you can't improve on something, or maybe in your case, someone, you might be better off just not doing it again. And again, I think that's that's nothing more than a testament to you and what you've been able to accomplish, not just for the, the, the campaign and for Career Builder and for Disney, but for you and for the experience for us as guests. Well, thank you. Again, that's, that's, I feel like that's more of a compliment than I deserve. But one of the great things, one of the reasons why we love the parks and why we continue to go back and experience everything Disney has to offer is because they're always looking for the next big thing. You know, they're not trying to repeat themselves. They're not trying to do something they've already done. They're looking for the next great experience or the next big idea. And I, I have no idea, I have no insight into what that next big thing may be, but I promise you it's coming. Keep your eyes and your ears open because there will be another fantastic opportunity someday that Disney cooks up. Um, and it won't look like the CMO position. It won't be the same thing because they're going to want to continue to reinvent themselves and come up with something that's even bigger and even better. So uh, I have no doubt that they're working on, on something incredible. Well, Justin, all, all I can say is is thank you for allowing us to be connected to your experience and for repping you really kind of represented us as Disney fans and enthusiasts and I and I looked at you sort of as our ambassador um, doing something that we wish we could do experiencing things that we wish could do and and I speak for myself and I think many other people when I say we were very proud to have you in that role and and when I say that you were the perfect person for the job um, I mean that sincerely and uh, um like I said, I don't think this is the end. I think it's just the beginning, and I know that uh, we will definitely, definitely keep in touch. I, I sincerely hope we do, and thank you again for your kind words. It's really an honor to be considered somebody who can who can represent so many incredible Disney fans and guests from around the world, and to to have been a part of, of the company and been a part of the story for so many people um, this past year is truly is a dream come true. And it certainly was uh, on many, many respects. So Justin Michoni, comma, C period, M period, O period. Now, that will be how forever how you should sign your name. Uh, thank you again for all that you did. And, uh, and I look forward to, to having you on the show in the future. Thank you so much, Lou. Have a magical day. See, it sounds so right when you say that. If I say have a magical day, it doesn't sound quite as good. That's why you were the guy. That's why you were the guy. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you very much for tuning in again this week. I really do appreciate it. Big thanks also go to my friend and guest, Justin Machoni. Don't forget, you can still follow Justin over at dreamcmo.com. You can also send him emails, stories, questions, feedback, anything else by emailing him directly at justin at dreamcmo.com. Again, I'll put both of those links in this week's show notes. 
Also, while you're over at WDWRadio.com, look for new videos on the site this week in iTunes or over on YouTube, including my tours of the three new Disney Vacation Club properties and my daily Disney diary from Star Wars weekends last week. You can follow me along as I visit Star Tours, the Jedi Training Academy, the stars of the Saga and Ray Park martial arts presentations, a visit with some Disney and Star Wars characters, check out the Celebrity Motorcade, lots more, including some of the hyperspace hoopla. Again, don't forget too, Star Wars Weekends is going to be going on for two more weekends, and I will be there next week for my meet of the month. That's actually going to take place Saturday, June 6th, from 1 to 3 p.m., maybe later, over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. We'll be meeting at the Sunset Ranch Market on the left-hand side of Sunset Boulevard, very informal gathering of some listeners just to get together, chat, maybe grab a, something to eat, maybe ride an attraction, check out some of the Star Wars Weekends event and more. Again, no RSVP or Jawa robes necessary, but if you want to, let me know by either RSVPing over in the forums at WDWRadio.com or on the event page over in Facebook. Again, links to those will be in this week's show notes. And I will be putting up dates for July's and August's and beyond meets of the month soon, trying to just sort of square away dates for that. And speaking of meat, uh, I just wanted to just gauge some possible interest in something because I'm going to be heading out to the West Coast at the end of this month for some business. And I wanted to see if anybody who was in the San Francisco area would be interested in maybe getting together, meeting up, um, because I may have some extra time depending on scheduling and considered heading over to Fisherman's Wharf and Pier 39 uh, maybe the Musée Mechanique and a few other locations within walking distance. So if anybody's out there or going to be out there and is interested in getting together, meeting up very informally again, email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Let me know. Or maybe I'll post something over on Facebook and Twitter later this week if I can work out the timing just right. And again, you can follow me on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash Mangello. There you can get my instant updates, follow along as I play games from the parks and throughout the week. And of course, come by, friend me up over on Facebook, join the WDW Radio Show group. Links to all those are in this week's show notes. Uh, don't forget, if you want to have a question answered on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com or call into the voicemail. Have it played right on the air at 888-703-2171. Got a lot of emails this week about an upcoming WDW Radio Live. That is going to be the live audio and video broadcast with interactive chat. I'm trying to get one scheduled very, very quickly. Again, the best place to follow along, find out when that's going to happen. is not just by listening to the show, but following along on Facebook, Twitter, and by joining the forums at WDWRadio.com. Now, I did not have a contest this week, but I will be having a new contest with a new prize that I guarantee you do not have yet probably in the next week or so. Definitely stay tuned to the show for that. Uh, speaking of contests and prizes, big thanks once again to Becky Mankin from Mouse Fan Travel for helping to provide the tickets to the Little Mermaid and Lion King shows on Broadway last week. Was so happy to be able to share a lot of tickets with a lot of listeners. It sounds like all of you had a great time. So a uh, big thanks again to Becky. You can visit her and her team of agents over at mousefantravel.com. Don't forget, everybody, if you like the show, all I ask is that you please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Come by us and review us in iTunes. Come say hi on Facebook. And as always, I want to say thanks, big, big thanks once again to all of you for 
following along, listening each and every week, taking time out of your week to listen. It really does mean a great deal. I hope you are enjoying um, everything that I'm able to do here on the show, including the podcast and the videos and everything else. So until next time, I hope you guys have a fantastic week this week. Remember to always keep moving forward. See ya! Hello, this is Sean M. Myers from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I just walked out of The Little Mermaid, uh, courtesy of you and your wonderful trivia contest. Uh, The Little Mermaid was amazing. Uh, The costuming of Ursula was fantastic. Uh, The new songs are great. Um, The actress who played Little Mermaid was just amazing. Uh, I could go on for 14 hours telling you how great of a show this is. But even your show can't support a 14-hour-long comment. Uh, It was fantastic. It was wonderful. Uh, Nothing bad at all. Fantastic theater, fantastic show. Everything was great. Thank you, Lou, so much for giving me the opportunity to see it. Uh, It's much appreciated, and I loved the show. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Hi, Lou. This is Yael Sakowitz calling to thank you again for the Little Mermaid tickets. We had such a great time at the show, and the tickets were at the dead center of the theater. The staging was very inventive, and the most impressive was the drowning sequence going from the top of the sea down below. Um, It was so nice to have a bit of Disney back here at home, and we're about to have a little more of Disney because we're going to see up. Hey, Lou. It's Josh. Uh, It's been a while since I've uh, called in the voicemail, and as a when I say a while, I, uh, I, I mean a week. But a week's a while. Seven days can get long, exhausting, tiring. So uh, I was calling in for a few things, few, few things, few things this week. Um, first, I wanted to say that um, I love the Star Wars Weekends uh, segment with Glenn Whalen. Glenn uh, had bad images in my mind when Lou uh, said that you had the. Leia bikini on, but it, it's okay. It's okay. You won't ruin my childhood. I'll live. Worst things have happened. Um, I also wanted to say um, I entered another contest, and this one I, I'm, I'm feeling better about instead of the Celebrate Achievement Contest from uh, Smuckers and Jif. Lou, if I win, you can come onto the boat, and I will also invite Tim. And Glenn, if you're listening, you're welcome too, okay? There's a butler, so uh, as long as I don't have to serve you, because, well, who knows? Um... I really hope I win that contest, and if I do, um, you guys are welcome to come. And uh, well, I'll I'll make sure that I go on one of the meets in, um, of the month. So uh, if I win the contest, you'll be the first to call, and then I'll be the first to call you, um, and then I'll call my uh, grandma and grandpa and uh, my friends. So well, you can see where you stand here. Uh, so uh, keep the good segments coming, and bye. Hello there, Lou. This is Deb. I'm from Connecticut and been listening to the show for several months now. Um, but I am calling you this morning from Disney Hollywood Studios. Just got off the rock and roller coaster, had a great time, and I just wanted to say that I have a whole new appreciation for this park after uh, listening to the podcast you did a couple of weeks ago and just all the incredible details. So I'm looking up, looking around, having a great time. Love your show, and we'll check in from another park later. Bye-bye. Hey, Lou, this is James from Chicago. Hey, I just wanted to comment on the show about the uh, Best Disney theme song. And uh, what about commercials? Because uh, the best uh, music I've heard from Disney in a long time has been, um, was it last year and the year before when they did the Million uh, Dream theme? And uh, that music they played um, when they were talking about the different dreams and how coming to the parks were 
a lot different those years because you never know when the magic will hit. Uh, that music is very inspiring. Um, usually brought us tears when we were watching the commercials, but I thought it was great, so they did a good job with that. Um, thanks for the show again. It's been great. Had so much fun. 23 days. We'll be there. Bye. Have a good day. Bye. Hello, Lou. This is Deb calling, and it is Monday afternoon, and today I'm at the Magic Kingdom. It's a rainy day, but that's not slowing us down. I am at the entrance to the Enchanted Tiki Room, about to go in, and I just wanted to call in and give a quick shout-out to Josh, who said on the show this is one of the many attractions he hasn't visited. So, Josh, we'll be watching this one for you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Lou. This is John in Tampa. I'm the one who ran into you in the line at a visit to the mall this past weekend at Star Wars Weekends. And I just finished listening to show 120 and just want to let you know what a good job you did of covering the events of that weekend and what a help would be to somebody going for the first time. So uh, take care and keep up the good work. Bye. Hey, Lou. It's Darlene, Zuzu on the board from New York. Um, Just wanted to let you know I listened to show 120, uh, the episode with Star Wars Weekend. You and Glenn did a fabulous job on the um, the. The whole interview was just fabulous. Um, And I loved the Celebrations Magazine article. The pictures and everything were wonderful. Uh, You touched everything. Uh, See you soon. We'll be there on June 6th for the meet. Um, Counting down days, I've got five until we leave for the world. And it's going to be wonderful two days of work for us today and tomorrow. Yay. Uh, See you soon. Bye, Lou. Thanks again for all you do. Hello there, Lou. This is Deb calling again. It is now Tuesday, May 19th. We are in Disney World in what the Weather Channel has officially dubbed the Florida Deluge. So your show with the top ten things to do in the rain was well-timed. If I'm not mistaken, I believe you said that the Animal Kingdom was probably not the best park to be at on a rainy day. But nonetheless, we are here today. We're having a great time. Right now I am calling you from Rafiki's Planet Watch, and I think due to the rain they have an abundance of characters out today, including Jiminy Cricket, Brer Bear, Flick, Pocahontas, Nico, Pluto, and all sorts of others. So we're having a great day here in the Animal Kingdom on a rainy day, and a little bit later we're going to be doing the um, scavenger hunt that was in the Celebrations magazine over in Asia. So we're looking forward to that. Having a great time, and I will check in with you tomorrow, which will be our last day. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, Lou. This is Pat from the Bronx. It's uh, fun to be free on the forums. I'm calling you from World of Disney NYC. I just got out of work, and I needed a fix, so I went over to World of Disney. Uh, First of all, I just want to let you know there's a lot of uh, Disney Star Wars pins for sale here, and I just noticed that they sell Main Street popcorn here. Fascinating. I'm actually going to have some on the way home. Um, just finished your top 100 with Tim on the uh, best theme songs from Attraction. Did a very good job and covered pretty much everything except, I thought, two glaring errors. Um, maybe it's because they were pre-show songs, but I think they were significant enough to warrant discussion. One of them was you mentioned the universe of energy and mentioned uh, Feel the Flow, but she didn't mention the pre-show song, which is Energy, You Make the World Go Round, which would have made my top ten. I think that was worth discussing. And the second one, um, I'm sure you're going to slap your head that you forgot this one, but the pre-show song before Magic Journeys and Captain EO, which was 
making memories. That was fantastic. My parents used to, as my favorite, my parents' favorite, and I think uh, that deserved a mention at least, because that also would have made my top ten. Um, making memories and energy, you make the world go round. Thanks a lot. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is James uh, from Chicago calling in. And I've called before, but I just wanted to uh, give a tip to those of, uh, those of you out there who have uh, small children who collect uh, autographs from the different characters. Um, the best part is my three-year-old, uh, we read stories every night, and they're Disney stories. So we brought some of the books along with, uh, with us. So Beauty and the Beast is his favorite, and we had Beauty and the Beast. Well, Beast uh, doesn't really find, but Beauty signed for him. And uh, they find their, uh, their names near their pictures on the front cover of the book, um, on the inside cover, rather. So it's like they're personalized, and the books mean so much more, like uh, the characters have written them and given them just to him. So we've gotten some new ones now, and we're going to go search for those characters specifically and uh, try to collect those autographs. So that's a really good tip and a lot of fun different than autograph books, but uh, still it's a book and it's an autograph. So it works for us. So uh, thanks again for the show. It's been great. And um, 28 days, Lou, 28 days, we'll be there. Talk to you later. Bye. Hi, Lou. This is uh, Jamie Wright or uh, Disney Freak on the Boards calling from Panama City Beach, Florida, for which we're uh, known as the world's most beautiful beaches here in the Panhandle of Florida. I thoroughly enjoy your show, and uh, please keep up the good work. I am a first-time listener, and I thoroughly enjoy your, uh, enjoy your show. I had a uh, chance to meet you at your April meet of the month at the uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios, and I thoroughly enjoyed that and uh, speaking with you and meeting with you. Uh, by the way, thanks for the book, and I hope you, uh, you enjoyed your, your Decot shirt there. I wanted to uh, share a cast member story with you and your listeners. I'm in, a, uh, I'm in the job of law enforcement, have been since 1990, and have been a Disney enthusiast for all my life. But I came across a sculpture. It's a Disney tribute to law enforcement. It's a sculpture or a statue of Mickey Mouse shaking the hand of a law enforcement officer. It took me about three years to uh, get my hands on one of these sculptures and that I had left to my uh, personal information there at the Art of Disney store. So if they ever come across one, that they would uh, call me and, uh, and let me buy one and uh, send it to me. Uh, well, that day never came, and I had the option, I had the uh, opportunity to go to downtown Disney, and I uh, did get my hands on one of the sculptures, and I told my story again, like I said, to the cast member, and uh, she thought that was uh, pretty amazing, so uh, she said, if you excuse me, I'll be right back, so she left, and I had my, my sculpture, and I had done purchased it. She came back about a couple minutes later, and she handed me something in a bag, and uh I looked in it, and it was a cardboard print of the exact sculpture that I had just bought, the uh, officer shaking Mickey's hand and to give a thanks to a tribute to law enforcement. Um, I later framed that uh, matted uh, cardboard picture, and uh, I asked her how much it was, and she says, don't worry about it. I think you've waited long enough uh, for your sculpture. So she never did charge me for that uh, other uh, print. So I thought that was pretty amazing for that cast member to do that, and that said a lot, and that meant a lot. Um, so I thought I'd just like to share that story uh, with you guys. And uh, uh, again, I appreciate what you do, and thoroughly enjoy listening to your show. And uh, have a good one. See ya. Hey, Lou. This is Dean calling from Northern Virginia. 
have some Disney news for you coming out of the D.C. metro area uh, today. Uh, today is May 19th, and on the radio and also in the paper today, they're talking all about Disney buying um, a chunk of land in the National Harbor area, which is a new, uh, really nice area that's been developed across uh, the river from Old Town Alexandria in Virginia, uh, south of the district. Um, where apparently the plans are for them to build a, a hotel that would be, um, uh, I don't know if it'll be a DVC or what kind of a property it would be. Um, no new information, and of course Disney isn't uh, confirming anything yet to my knowledge, but um, would I would anticipate that it might be something like the new resort that they're building in Hawaii that would be uh, a Disney resort, and they would probably use it for some of the... Um, Adventures by Disney that they do here in the D.C. area. And um, so who knows, but um, pretty exciting stuff. Just thought I'd pass it along. Have a great day.